Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. UFC 287, Miami, Eat Arena, Dale Dale, the 305. What is up, everybody? I'm your boy, your brother in arms, Ike freaking Feldman. I will be in attendance for UFC 287, inshallah, God willing, safe travels tomorrow night to witness one of the greatest combat sports rivalries of all time between Alex Portan Pajera versus Israel Stylebender Adesanya it's going to be freaking epic follow all the content I will be pumping out on Twitter Instagram Facebook LinkedIn TikTok at Iktagon I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N your boy, Ike Feldman, will be getting involved. You get involved with me. Again, you can reach me at Ike Feldman or at Ike Degon. Man, it is going to be freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. UFC 287. The word is that this is trending to be one of the biggest events of the year. It makes sense. Jorge Masvidal's box office. Kevin Holland's box office, Israel Adesanya's box office, slowly but surely and quietly, Alex Pajera is becoming box office and is becoming the yin to Israel Adesanya's yang. Absolutely pumped for this. Hidden underneath the the big-time fights with the co-main and the main event is some epic fights such as Kelvin Gaslam, Chris Curtis, just going to be an absolute war I think it's going to decision neither fighter is going to back down both see what lies in front of them in terms of career trajectory and what a dominant win on a big stage and a big slot on a big card could do for their careers you better believe they're going to bring it of course Lupe Godinez versus Cynthia Calvillo Uh, underneath that is, is one of my favorite fights my boy Chase, Char- uh, Chase Sherman is also fighting Michelle Waterson Gomez. GM3, Gerald Mearshart is always entertaining. Kevin Holland's facing Santiago Ponzinibbio, which is just absolute fire. It's going to be a, a, a battle on the feet, you better believe it. Rob Font, Adrian Yanez, just epic cardio. MMA boxing technique will be on display. And, of course, Hart, that fight is a big fight in the bantamweight division. But let's focus at the top of the card first. Alex Pajeda is 3-0 versus Israel Adesanya in combat sports. Two in kickboxing. One of them was a decision win. The other was a TKO victory. And then, of course, the TKO victory at UFC 281 this past fall at MSG where Alex Pajeda was stunned in the first, at the very end of the first round. Uh, Israel Adesanya seemed to 
shake off the, the demons of his uh, previous losses to Alex Bajeda. seemed that he was on track. Uh, the, the middle of the fight was a very subpar grappling match. And then later in the fight, Alex Bajeda recovered, in which Israel Adesanya has given credit for. And then he just put on an epic flurry of hooks and crosses and just beautiful hand-eye coordination to track and just pound Israel Adesanya's face and jaw. And, oh my goodness, just could not miss at the final sequence of that fight. Pure accuracy and power, very, very dangerous combination. And well, probably the biggest reason for the success of Alex Barhead is that you leave an inch open in the door. He's kicking it down. He's walking through it. He's buying the place. Epic finish to UFC 281. I believe there was 11 finishes on that card in November at MSG. I believe it was the most finishes on a UFC card in UFC history. Holy moly. Epic, epic, epic. Now, can Israel Adesanya bounce back from that He handled it like a champ. He wasn't pouting. He seemed to be unshaken from it. Doesn't feel like he has addressed it or is paying Alex Pajeda the respect that is due for losing to the man three times. You know, he's still talking trash. Uh, I love Pajeda's stance and all of this where he is... Just absolutely stoic. Rinse and repeat. Very confident. Very calm. Israel Asanya may be trying to generate some confidence. It can't be true uh, confidence at this point. I know he has huge self-belief. Huge faith in his ability. But Alex Pajeda has beaten the man. Three times the UFC set up this rivalry three years in the making, paving a path for Prajeda to get to Israel Asanya to make this a huge fight that they could sell. I would bet that the UFC thought that Israel Adesanya was going to win the first MMA fight back at UFC 281. I, I bet everybody's shocked. That Alex Pajeda won. But when you pull back the curtain and you really take a look at the personality, the man behind the mission, Alex Pajeda, he's a swordsman. He's always sharpening his blade, ready for the next battle. His craft is battle. And his battle has been pure. And his blade has been true. Time and time and time again. The biggest storyline, in my opinion, or footnote for any Alex Pajada fight, is that he trains with the former UFC light heavyweight champion and longtime Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, an absolute wet blanket of a grappler, Glover Teixeira, day in and day out in Danbury, Connecticut. That cannot be presented to the forefront of any 
Alex Pajeda fight preview enough. I respect it. And I'm sure Glover Teixeira's striking has gotten better on the reverse side of things. Glover is this excellent grappler, solid boxing, but training with a world-class kickboxer like Alex Pajeda, day in and day out, no doubt has made Glover Teixeira's game more well-rounded. So I do respect that. And on the other side, the Yang, Israel Asanya is training with elite head coach Eugene Behrman out of City Kickboxing. Fighters like Dan Hooker, Brad Riddell, Kai Kara France, every now and then Alexander Volkanovsky are in that same gym. So you have iron, iron sharpening iron in terms of thinking, game planning, just elite mixed martial artist on Israel Asanya's side of things as well. You got to love it. This is an in-division super fight. It's not a cross-division super fight that we've seen with Islam Makachev and Alexander Volkanovsky. But this is an in-division super fight because of the rivalry, because of the past history. Throw in that these guys have side battles going on, side bets. Israel Asanya, if you don't know by now, is obsessed, is a huge fan of anime, fight anime. I believe it's Naratu, uh, Dragon Ball Z. Um, that's, that's all I know off the top of the head. And then to counter those, Alex Pajeda is wearing Pokemon. I wonder if that is uh, classified as anime. Is anime simply put Japanese cartoons? Because then I, I guess Pokemon would be considered anime. I just grew up watching Pokemon just considered a cartoon. I always thought that the more true to anime... Shows like Naruto, Dragon Ball Z were just lumped into the anime category while Pokemon was more Americanized, less niche audience, more widespread. But anyway, the point is these guys are battling not only on the mic, not only in the cage over and over and over to the fourth time now, but also on the side about who's representing the better Japanese cartoons. I love it. I freaking love it. These guys were born to fight ten times. They may fight five times. They may fight five times. If Israel Asanya beats Alex Pajeda tomorrow night in Miami, UFC 287, the headlining event. We are getting a trilogy, folks. We are getting a trilogy. I can't think of anything else in the UFC's middleweight division that I want to see more. So if if the the year, the middleweight title, the year to date looks like UFC 287, Pajera, Arasanya 2, or 4, however you're looking at it. And then we get again in November, MSG, Pajera, Arasanya 3. Man, we're talking about like an Ali Frazier type of storyline that might be unfolded 
I always see mixed martial arts as just 50 years, 50 to 70, whenever that, that, that epic era of boxing was, where Madison Square Garden was the mecca of fighting. I, I feel that MMA is entering that. Where stars are becoming bigger than life. Crossing over into multimedias. Movies, music. But then the true to fan fighters like Alex Pajeda, like Israel Asanya, are just pouring their all into their crafts. I love it. I absolutely love it. There's no doubt these guys are peak striking for MMA. Worldwide MMA. These guys are peak striking. Championship kickboxers. 50 fights each in kickboxing years ago. Before entering mixed martial arts. Before putting on the four-ounce gloves. Before stepping into the cage for our viewing pleasure. Absolute box office event is tomorrow night. UFC 287. You bet your sweet ass I'm pumped for this. I'm going to try to conserve my energy throughout the night. Try to pace myself. Enjoy the moment. Take in everything. Capture everything. Again, follow me everywhere. At Iktagon. I will be pumping, pumping, pumping. If I get 30 seconds of downtime, I will use that time to put the content online for you guys. Truly, truly excited about this event. It's been a long time coming since I've attended a UFC event. Heck, it's been a long time since I've attended a UFC event on the road. The Ruad. But I'm excited. I'm excited. I could talk about this fight for an hour. I could get into the nitty-gritty. But I'm going to try to just keep the ball rolling. Talk to you guys. Um, in a couple of minutes, I want to ask you, is oatmeal a snack or a meal? Is oatmeal a snack or a meal? I want to know your thoughts and opinions on that. Let's slide to the co-main event. Gilbert Burns, a true seasoned vet in the welterweight division. Elite grappling abilities, world-class jiu-jitsu, a world champion in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Has developed striking, has a knack for cracking his opponents with that huge overhand right. Brazilian-born. Florida trained, has crossed over many of the elite mixed martial arts circles down in Florida. Season vet, nothing can shake this man. Except. Is Jorge Masvidal fighting in his actual home freaking town? Mr. 305, the real 305. Dale, dale, dale. Jorge Masvidal, gamebred Masvidal. Fighting in Miami. The UFC returning to Miami. After 30, excuse me, 20 years. And Jorge Masvidal is just put right in the perfect slot. Yeah, of course, a Masvidal-Covington title shot. Might have, uh, title fight might have been 
bigger than this opportunity, but Jorge Masvidal fighting fellow Florida man in Miami's as close as to perfect matchmaking as you can get. Jorge Masvidal, hands behind the back, braided hair. Is he going to baptize Gilbert Burns? Is he motivated? Is the Jorge Masvidal we heard recently on the Joe Rogan podcast where he opened up about losing badly to Kamaru Usman via knockout, losing in in dominated, getting dominated by Colby Covington, UFC 272. Five rounds of just not getting a shot off, not letting his hands fly. Seemed, in my estimation, he was just mentally wasn't there. Very similar to the Cheeto Vera fight where it just took him to get hit for the rounds to go by where it seemed he was just mentally checked out. And what did Covington do? What did Sanhagen do? They chipped away, they stuck to the game plan, and they pressed, and they pressed, and they pressed. That's not the best we've seen of Cheeto. That is surely not the best we've seen of Masvidal. People have talked so much shit about Jorge Masvidal, bringing everything he's done into his career in question by calling him a longtime journeyman. And if he beats Gilbert Burns, if he dominates Gilbert Burns, they're going to say Ger- Gilbert Burns is past his prime. Why don't you look at the other side of the coin? Jorge Masvidal, who has talked retirement if he loses, is putting it all on the line in the Rogan podcast, in the pressers, on fight night, tomorrow night. The Tony Montana theme is going to hit the speakers. Jorge Masvidal is going to give every ounce of himself to try to get the victory and to continue this magical run to try to avenge that loss to Colby to try to silence the shit talker to potentially get a title shot against a man who interrupted a post-fight press conference back in London the start of the resurrection is Jorge Masvidal going to resurrect his career on Easter Sunday. We will see. We will see. What a perfect storyline. What a perfect trajectory for Jorge Masvidal. Should he dominate? Now, I'm not talking about drop Gilbert Burns once and then he's up two rounds and then he gets dominated in the third round, similar to Amanda Nunes and Shevchenko, similar to a Bobby Green and Rafael Fiziev. I'm talking about from pillar to post, from the start of the fight to the end of the fight. Can Jorge Masvidal dominate? And we talk about game bread. That's a nickname for dogs, dogs in the fight. My dog is ready to fight a dog who's outside right now. Just talking about Jorge Masvidal has got my 
I would say 90, 100-pound dog fired up. Take it easy, Poppy. Take it easy. Jorge Masvidal will not take it easy tomorrow night. Like I said, he will pour everything he has into that fight. Very excited for it. Very excited for it. Now, I understand in terms of ranking, putting the Rob Font, Adrian Yanez fight ahead of the Kevin Holland in Santiago Ponzinibbio fight. But in my opinion, gotta flip flight, gotta flip flop those fights. Kevin Holland has quietly become box office. You get him around these fight cards, these press conferences, he's stirring up more headlines than 75% of the card. He takes on Santiago Ponzinibbio, who, like Jorge Masvidal, is fighting for his career. Is he going to hang it up? This is tremendous matchmaking. This is tremendous matchmaking. Both men up and down over the last four fights. Wins, loss, wins, loss. Who really wants it? Who really wants it? I can see Santiago giving everything, giving everything. But Kevin Holland, when he's relaxed, when there's zero pressure on him to perform, is when he does his best. I like, I like Kevin Holland in this spot to get the victory. Could be something funky. Could be a standing guillotine. Could be a Kamor from the bottom. Could be a spinning elbow. I like Kevin Holland to do something funky. No pressure. Kind of like John Jones earlier in his career where he would just do flying knees off the bat. Where he would crawl to his opponents. He didn't care. Now John Jones is trying to protect his bank. Protect his jaw. And preserve himself with the very conservative approach he takes over the last five to seven years. Kevin Hall will be loose. Expect expect a highlight reel knockout from Kevin Holland. Expect it. Now, the aforementioned Rob Font, Adrian Yanez fight, I love this fight. I love this fight. I, if you can't tell, I love this whole card. Are, are you guys paying attention? Are you guys paying attention? Rob Font, the heavy-handed 135-pounder, Rob Font, Boston's own or Massachusetts' own, taking on Adrian Giannis, who has crossed over, uh, who's like a part-time law MMA trainee, trainer of Aljamain Sterling, Rob Davalashvili, both of whom use Adrian Giannis' skill set, which is precision striking specifically boxing to improve their striking and it showed with Marab versus Marlon Aljo versus Jan it's shown but is Adrian Giannis that good that he's going to beat Rob Font 
and leapfrog him in just an absolute stack bantamweight division? That is a tall, tall task. Rob Font has fought bantamweight elite after bantamweight elite. Adrian Giannis, this is the biggest fight of his career. Rob Font, you can't say the same. He's fought Marlon Chito Vera. He's fought Jose Aldo. Five-round main event fight night cards. UFC 220 main event cards in his hometown, TD Garden, Boston, and has performed. Adrian Giannis, this is a big step up in competition of environment of opportunity. He's young enough that this may not be his time. I feel like Rob Font, he's fighting for... He's fighting for that title shot. If he loses to Adrian Giannis, then he slowly starts to fall down the pecking order in a division that's running fast. And if he loses to Adrian Giannis, he, he can no longer keep up with the division, in my opinion. It's moving that fast, the bantamweight division. This is a very, very important fight for Rob Font. Adrian Giannis, of course it's important. It's a big pay-per-view event. Main card. Jorge Masvidal fights after Adrian Giannis. It's a huge fight for Adrian Giannis. What he gets out of this is experience. Unrivaled. Unmatched. Experience. You gotta respect it. And he will. And he will take it in. Everything. Because I think it will go a decision. Which is just valuable rounds on a big card to soak in the moment, to understand how to handle a big time fight week. Pick your spots with your adrenaline. Did you conserve it correctly during the fight week? Were you mentally peaking while you're stepping in the cage? Adrian Giannis will get those. Questions answered. Now, these back-to-back fights, Kelvin Gastelum and Chris Curtis and Christian Rodriguez and Raul Rosas Jr. is very interesting. So, for those of you that don't know, the fight before the main card opener, the Kelvin Gastelum Chris Curtis fight, is a bigger fight than the main card opener. Hmm? What? Why? I'm paying $80. Why is the main card opener going to be better than the ESPN free TV fight? Huh? What? Because they want more people to buy the fight. If and when Kelvin Gastelum and Chris Curtis put on a hell of a boxing match that is curtailed towards bringing in more fans because it's action-packed. Look at Kelvin Gastelum's history. Look at Chris Curtis's history. You have two guys that give no Fs, that fully have 
no problem throwing caution to the wind. Both who have similar styles, just different ways of expressing said styles, meaning MMA boxing, like Rob Font, Adrian Giannis. This fight, I would argue, is bigger than all three of the first main card fights. This fight is going to be more action-packed. This fight is going to get your dollars. It's going to make your dollars holler. Kelvin Gaslam, Chris Curtis is a fire freaking matchup. Raul Rosas might have been talking crap about Chris Curtis. Might have said something that pissed him off about being a little higher on the cards order. But if that is true, that is false, my man. You are young, you are talented, but you are a little uneducated about how the machine works. Chris Curtis is getting you more dollars. Kelvin Gaslam is getting you more dollars. Rosa should understand. The 18-year-old should understand. I mean, I don't think he has a high school education. I don't I don't know if he's graduated yet. Maybe in a month or two. But he should have the wherewithal to understand that Kelvin Gaslam, a man who took Israel Adesanya to the depths of hell, UFC 236, going against a long time, high-level performer who is one of the absolute fan favorites in the sport in Chris Curtis, as I mispronounced the name, Chris Curtis is an absolute fan favorite who's going to get Rosas more dollars because Rosas gets pay-per-view points, you hope. Rosas needs to show some respect, mind his P's and Q's, and step in line a little. Because Chris Curtis trains with Sean Strickland. And I'd assume both them homies don't play. So... Chris Curtis sent back some uh, gentle shots towards Rosa's direction. I hope and believe that's where the beef will end. All right, guys, if you can't tell that I'm pumped, check your pulse. Because I'm freaking pumped. UFC 287, Miami, Florida. Let's go. Follow me at Ike the Gun everywhere. Enjoy the show, everyone. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.